Hi, I'm Yushuan Su. And I'm Connor Campbell. You're listening to Into the Unknown. Welcome back to another episode. And um, yeah, today, to be honest, I'm quite happy to just take a back seat a little bit, which is as Connor knows, very unlike me. But the reason for that is that I just want, I just, I'm just so fascinated by, by what Connor's just come back from. Um, and, you know, those of you who, who know us or have been following or listening to the podcast would know that Connor's just spent the last, what, two weeks, two and a half weeks? Yeah, two and a bit, two and a bit weeks, I th- I'd say. Out in Beijing in the Winter Olympics with, one of his athletes, Elsa Desmond, who mm. is a luge athlete representing Ireland. And it's her first, first Olympics and Connor's first Olympics. As mm. What was your official, your official role at the Olympics? Uh, so I was her, obviously, like designated luge coach. Obviously, I've never been on a luge myself, but um, in terms of getting accreditation, it was my title was luge coach but for for the wider scope of things i was like a team leader so like if we needed to organize training or uh get stuff sorted for i don't know customs and basically i would i would be her almost like um if she needed anything that then i'd i'd get it for her basically you're her water Um, boy I was a water boy. That's some good quality H two O. Yeah, so like her, uh, the the water boy of the Irish IOC. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was the designated water boy at the Olympics. Legend. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, um, no, that's that's that. No, that's amazing. Like, obviously, was a massive journey for you and mm. Elsa as well. But you know, I when you first told me that you were going to the Olympics and that mm. you were going to be a part of, of the Irish Olympic team um, accompanying Elsa. I was just like, oh, this is, yeah. uh, I mean, I, when you, that has obviously come out as a result of you starting um, your business, starting Stoic Strength yeah, and going uh, like shifting to self-employment, um, which we've talked about before was a massive risk for you and a big leap and and into chasing something that you want to do and i i always knew that it was going to be successful but i to be honest like i didn't didn't realize that you were going to go to the olympics with right. one of your athletes this soon so i'm just i'm just amazed man um but you know some of the things that i'm actually super interested in hearing from you and your perspective that obviously your first olympics and a really unique olympics at that because mm. of obviously covid yeah um you know and it being a winter olympics which hand on heart like i've before this year i i, I knew next to nothing about winter sports yeah. but this was the first year that i've watched the winter olympics and that's in part due to the fact that you're there and elsa's there so mm. i was like okay i'll, I'll watch this but I watched a lot of the events, like um, obviously the luge, but then also mm-hmm. like the ski jumping and the giant yeah. slalom and mm. 
Like, like those athletes are, are oh, it's insane. a different world. Yeah. And they, they're just like a different, different breed, I feel. Yeah. Um, but actually to start, one of the first things I wanted to ask was, um, what's it like being back <laughs> compared to being there? You know, like the, what, what are the little things of being, being at a championship and being at mm. such an intense environment, you know, compared to everyday life that people might, might not know about? Yeah, so uh, they, to be honest with you, um, they did a really good job of accommodating pretty much everybody in terms of dietary requirements, um, in terms of accommodation. Uh, you know, we even had laundry services and and like we, I mean, you you basically had everything you could think of. Uh, they had like halal sections in, in the, the food hall, v- uh, vegetarian and vegan sections, um, you know, obviously meat and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So they, I think they were super accommodating to most Western cultures, um, you know, given that the food that might be traditionally cooked and eaten in China is probably not that similar to to what we might have, say, just down the road in Newcross or Deptford. Uh, you know, you wouldn't, yeah. And I think that's just generally just down to what's available, what people enjoy eating. Um, it also probably comes down to cost as well. Um, but they were super accommodating with that. You know, I, I've heard loads of horror stories about the summer Olympics in Tokyo having cardboard beds and stuff. And, uh, you know, I was a bit worried because I do like my sleep after having years of, of <clears throat> pretty bad, bad sleep. Uh, when, you like when it a bit uni. too much now, don't you? Yeah, I get a bit too much now. Uh, <laughs> um, the, and the, even like simple as, you know, the beds were super comfortable um you know they were proper beds uh when we arrived they gave us like a little care package of like you know shower gel shampoo toothpaste mouthwash i know these are like small details but just to to kind of show you like how accommodating they were with with everything that you might need over that kind of two three four week period you know they had bloody a laundry service like you would go downstairs and you'd put all your stuff in this basket and then you'd come back a couple of hours later and everything would be done for you, which is insane. Um, That's the cons- best bit. Yeah. Considering the amount of athletes that were there, it, it wasn't just athletes. It was coaches. Um, I think they did a really good job in the Olympic village that we were in, in Yangjing, um, which is just North of Beijing. So there was three different villages. You had the one in Beijing um, where you had things like ice hockey, figure skating, uh, I think ski jumping, I did hear some controversy about their, it being in like a, a power station or something, but I don't know too much about that. So I wouldn't be able to comment. Um, you had Yang Jing, which is where we were, um, which was 20 kilometers away from the, the great wall of China, which would have been sick to go and see, but for obvious reasons, we couldn't travel. Uh, and then you had Zhang Jikao, which is where you had cross country skiing, snowboarding, um yeah so we had a pretty good mix of of people there um you know and and i'll show you some photos 
probably next time we meet up but they had like a like an ancient kind of chinese village there um which kind of showed you what it what it would have looked like if there were a village there i know there wasn't because it was just in the mountains um you know they had like athlete services they had a convenience store a barber shop um i did get my haircut it wasn't that great but hey it's a free haircut um well they had a gym on the site they had like a samsung store costa coffee shop uh like it was it was it was amazing i mean it, it genuinely felt like you were at a resort on holiday uh i mean that's that's pretty cool and i think that's um yeah. they must make such a conscious and big effort to to do that make you feel mm. feel good while you're there and make you feel in you know tip-top condition make you feel yeah. happy so that you can everyone does like are they in the best position to do yeah do their jobs um what was what was your favorite part about the village then because that must have been such a unique mm. experience you know being being in a space with loads of different athletes and coaches and you know support staff throughout a range of different sports mm. but also different countries different nationalities different cultures like what was that like because i could i'd imagine that's yeah. something completely different to anything that that anyone's seen otherwise yeah i mean i obviously you know you living in london and when you're at uni and me me being here now you do get you do get a, a sense that london is very lucky in the fact that we are a very diverse city so you know you could walk around the corner and you'd have italians or french um somewhere someone from jamaica someone from nigeria even someone from from an asian country or middle eastern country um and so i don't know it was what the coolest bit i'd say probably apart from obviously elsa competing and and the fact that you know it was it was a celebration of of an achievement of the amount of hard work that she'd put in which i'm sure we'll talk about in a, in a bit more detail but for me the two parts were walking outside the accommodation block and seeing like you know a big italian team all walking to breakfast and you could just have a casual conversation with olympic athletes like the best in the world just about random things um and then you'd walk around the corner and you'd have like a couple of saudi athletes uh and like everyone just seemed to to be so um not just friendly but they actually wanted to engage in conversation with different countries regardless of where you were from what your political standpoint was uh you know and i think that just kind of shows you like the amount of diversity uh between countries that no one really at the athletic level in terms of the athletes they don't like they're there to do a job they're there to compete for their country and that's it yeah, um, sure. and i think that's what a lot of people tend to forget when you're reading things about like the boycott and and so on and so forth and obviously there's there's different reasons for that but ultimately it doesn't affect the athletes you know the athletes are there to do one thing only and that's just to to do their sport to 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 do their job yeah um i mean that's a 
that's a beautiful thing in itself, isn't it? And it's, yeah. you know, it's sort of the, I'd say the core of the, the Olympic mission and the Olympic message of, you know, sports bringing people together and bringing mm. people from different places and different walks of life together for a, a shared, shared goal and shared purpose. And as much as you and I can talk about how, you know, we disagree with the fact that sports is apolitical and sports is mm. something aside from, from social issues and from society. You know, we often talk about on this podcast and off air as well, how sports is actually the opposite of that. It's like a, a microcosm of society as a whole. But yeah. um, I've obviously not been to an Olympics yet, but, uh, you know, even going yet. to the Asian Games, <laughs> To international competition um and yeah at the athletes village at the asian games or or being around people from different countries at international competitions it's there's a clear sense of like you say you're walking around with people from all over the world who are top level at their sports um and we're all competing against each other but everyone's friendly everyone's open to meeting different people learning different things from other people even small things like swapping yeah. your pins you know yeah um, exactly just a way of opening up that dialogue mm -hmm. regardless of your political beliefs your religious beliefs your 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 social views and, and what you stand for outside of sport because when you're there it's just one one shared goal and one shared yeah. purpose of doing your job and doing your sport and doing what everyone there loves and i think that's just such a cool thing as as cringy as it can sound sometimes yeah but speaking of that speaking of that goal like obviously you were there to support elsa mm. and elsa being now a, an olympic athlete and that must yeah. feel amazing for you um what was what was that like what was that journey of you know shared between you two and and you've obviously been training her for a good couple of years now and did, did you ever think that you two would you know take this to the olympics or you know yes tell, tell me about that man yeah um so I, I i've known elsa for about five years and i met her in the same place that i, I met you at king's college um at the time that i met her and she'll probably attest to this you know she was training in the gym uh at one of the one of the university gyms uh and at the time you know i she was she was training hard so i i went over to her and i was like oh you know what are you training for and she told me i do luge obviously like most people just went straight over my head what the hell is that i was like what the hell is luge um and she just basically said you sit on a sled and you go really fast down what is effectively an ice river <laughs> uh still didn't make any sense so i decided to do some you know a little bit of research some youtube videos she showed me a few crashes um which are pretty dramatic and i was like oh are you any good and she was like uh yeah i'm okay uh you know i kind of go to different countries and compete and and stuff like that and you know she was a junior at the time so she was she was actually with gb she uh, sounds like a humble bragger like me she is very, she, <laughs> <laughs> she is very humble. 
she's very like you know she's very down to earth she doesn't let too many things you know obviously being at the olympics is <clears throat> the biggest i mean for most people it's probably one of the biggest achievements you could make as an athlete um and again you might argue and people might argue and say like that's not their goal and etc but for her it, it it always was was to make it to the olympics and i remember first talking to her when i first started coaching her was what's the goal and she said it would be nice to make it to 2022 but let's aim for 2026 which is in milan cortina and so and and before i'd even met her this had been something that she'd been doing you know the culmination of that first run at the olympics that i was stood down at the finish and she came through the finish line with a pb um of any training runs that she'd had at that track previously one of the best runs she's well ever had on that track and it just felt like i mean it, it was a like if I was a super emotional person, I think I probably would have, you know, shed a tear. Um, but for me, it was just like the sheer delight of seeing how happy she was amongst some of the best athletes in the world, you know, getting maybe two or three seconds faster than her, but just no one seemed to actually care that they were there. You know, it was like, it was normal. And then you have someone from a small nation who's dreamed of this for the last 10 years since she's been a loser, um, coming through the finish, getting 101 and being the happiest person on that track. And for me, it was just like this sheer sense of like joy for her in what she yeah. had achieved. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously they filmed my reaction and I was just like an absolute <laughs> tit and just you know whatever but you're elated man that was that I, I was loved watching that both of you were just like beyond yeah. yourselves yeah um you know because i know how hard she'd worked for it i know how much it meant to her to 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 do something like that to and and to come out like that and and make a statement after you know the amount of challenges that she's faced in the sport and outside of the sport, um, you know, it's, it was just, it was such a profound sense of achievement for her and, you know, as, as an athlete and just as, as a person to see, um, literally like a kid on Christmas, like nothing else mattered in that, in that second or that minute that she went through the finish, she came through, I picked up her sled and just not like, there was no other thought apart from holy fuck you're at the olympics like this is such a cool experience um yeah, yeah. i mean i was obviously shitting myself before because you know <laughs> I you weren't wanna... even in the you weren't even in the luge no i wasn't i was super nervous <laughs> but i can imagine you were in there you were basically in there with her <laughs> yeah um yeah so we've come a long way by the way not yeah metaphorically yeah uh not it's not doubles luge um but no so it's been a it's been a long journey for for us as a team um you know four years of of work on my side and her side but for her it's been 10 years of work you know she's been doing this sport for i think about 10 years and 
that's a long time to dedicate yourself to just one goal, um, effectively to just one race as well, you know? Well, that's a, that's a super interesting uh, topic, like point to touch on. Like, I think, you know, like you say, she's in terms of her athletic career, in terms of her as a, as an athlete, as a loser, mm. she's like you say, dedicated all these years to, to going to the Olympics, being there at the Olympics and competing and you've obviously been a huge part of that journey the last four years as well um and you two have shared this this goal to get to the olympics what was it like at 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 the finish line basically like what was it like do you know what i mean what was it like after after that was all all done and dusted and you'd had your race um you'd had the times and the Olympic, the Olympic journey, at least for 2022, came to an end. You know, what did you, was it, okay, we, we've done this, like, let's celebrate, or was it, oh, shit, like, what the fuck do we do now? Or yeah, was yeah. it, you know, let's, let's start talking about what we do now. What, you know, what was the overall reaction, yeah. how you move forward? So I think it was a mix of emotions, like you say. You know, you kind of go through a broad, a broad, oh gosh, a broad spectrum of, you know, it's all like I, you've been speaking. I know. So exactly, um, you know, the, she came off her first run, and I think you know you get this with most with most athletes. At the end of the day, if you want to be at the Olympics, or if you want to be a good athlete, you have to have that level of, you can never be satisfied. Um, you know, and I, I'm not saying that she wasn't happy with her result. Of course she was, but there's always that level of, could she have done better? Not on my side. You know, I was so, <sighs> mate, I was, <laughs> I was just like Elsa, Think about the perspective. You've finished three runs at your first Olympics. Did you ever think that you would get here? You know, it's one thing to dream about getting here, but it's another thing to actually be here and have three races and to finish your first Olympics. And it's something to build on. You know, you've set the, the bar, you've set the foundation now to, to build on potentially future years. You've proved to yourself that you can get here. You know, you've proved to everybody that you can get here, regardless of what you've done, of, of what's happened, you know, what time you got. It doesn't matter. What matters is you actually managed to get here out of the maybe 1% of the population ever of people that can actually just, you know, qualify here. Um, and so for me, you know, I was super happy in just to see how far she'd come, you know, her journey and, uh, the, the personal growth that she'd had um, for her, you know, obviously a little bit of disappointment that she could have done a little bit better. But then in hindsight, I think everyone is like that if you want to be the best. But obviously, as soon as it sank in and she was like, you know what, actually, you know, yeah, I could have done better. But at the end of the day, we're here. We've done it. Um, and like I said, our goal was 2026. Uh, 
and to make it four years earlier is an unbelievable achievement for her. Um, uh, we haven't spoken about the future yet. Uh, I've I've told her to have two weeks to just process the experience and to get back into work, um, you know, to kind of disassociate from the, the high of competition. Um, and as much as it's important to, to forward plan, I think it's also important to come to terms with the experience that you've had and to process it properly yeah, rather sure. than just thinking about the next thing, because yeah, it's great that we're like, right, we've done 2022. Let's look at 2026. Of course, that's the goal, of course. But at what point do you also need to go, you know, sit back and actually go, fuck me, I'm an Olympian. Like, yeah. be happy that you've achieved that and, and you know, allow yourself to, to feel all those feelings. Feel yourself sad that it's over. It's important that you feel that because obviously it's an achievement that you've got there but you also need to feel some elation that you've gone through that process and it's paid off to prove to yourself that you can do it again. Um, yeah. So, you know, she's obviously back in the, in the hospital, which is crazy to me. Um, I can only imagine man, the <laughs> roller coaster that she's on. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. for you, you were, you were a, you were like a key support staff at the Olympics going from that and the village back to, back to real life for you which mm. is you know working in the gym and doing all those extra hours and stuff to make up for that but for her like she was an olympic athlete in yeah. the village, going back to another extremely intense job of yeah. working in the hospital like that is <laughs> that, that I, I can't yeah, imagine what that's like um yeah but yeah no i really like what you're saying about you know giving yourself the time to to process um what's happening and what's mm. just happened and allowing yourself to to feel feel those feelings yeah um, about it before and i think that's something you know we've spoken about before you know i'm not very or haven't been very good at doing that mm -hmm. um in terms of you know many times i'm just like okay what's next like yeah. what's the next thing but actually i think this goes to show like allowing yourself the time to to process those feelings and emotions and and think about your journey and what you've what you've just done is part of that part of mm. moving on to the next step so that you can get all those feelings and and thoughts and emotions out of the way it's not out of the way but like feel all those things and yeah do that before putting that aside and properly go like okay what's next from an objective standpoint yeah um yeah absolutely i mean it's uh it comes back to reflection you know it's um it's important to take the time to reflect on you know how well you prepared um the fact that you you managed to get there against all odds um and also just enjoy being back into normal life, I think is, is a very difficult transition period going from, you know, a competition. It doesn't have to be the Olympics, but just a competition where you put so much focus, so much energy, so much time into one thing and nothing, you know, you don't think about what's after the competition because it doesn't matter. What matters is that 
you get to the competition. But once that's over, because you've put so much focus and so much time and effort into preparing yourself for that competition, you're kind of, you you know, you're in this sort of, uh, I don't know, maybe like a no man's land where you're not really sure, you know, should you be happy? Should you be sad? Like, what do you feel? Yeah, and so sure. having that time to process it, like you said, is important because you don't plan after that competition. I mean, you might, but it depends on on how big of a of a competition that is, uh, and how much mental and physical resources it took from you. Because you have to be able to to regenerate those before you can then go again. Because if you don't, you're always going to be at a loss. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I know exactly what you mean, you know, mm. about um, coming back into reality after a competition, um, you know, when all of your time and energy and focus is channeled towards competing and, and doing everything yeah. you can to, to get your best performance and your best result at that competition. And like you say, especially when you're at a championship at the Olympics, you know, your laundry's done for you. Your food's ready for you. All of the, all of those things are sorted so that you can channel everything into doing that one job. And then you come home and you have to do your fucking dishes and make yeah. your bed like that. It still hits me every time. And I, I hate it. And I, I guess I've just not, not come to terms with that yet. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there are much, much stronger individuals, um, yeah, it's definitely a humbling experience coming yeah. back and, you know, going back into the daily, um, the daily, I guess the daily grind, if, if you want to call it that. But I, I don't know, I feel like there is some beautiful simplicity in just getting back into the monotonous work of you're restarting again, you know, from where you started all those years ago, uh, or, or even all those weeks ago where nothing else mattered apart from the competition um, is sometimes the, 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 the best things in life are the simplest things. You know, it doesn't require a nice car or a big house. It might even be walking up the top of a hill and seeing a sunrise, something so simple. And so, yeah, you know, it like, even just the, like you said, doing the dishes or, you know, obviously it's not, <laughs> you're like, what the hell I've just, come back from the Olympics, but you know, I, uh, I don't know whether, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a high level athlete like, like you and Elsa are, but for me getting back from the Olympics and getting back into those monotonous tasks gave me focus again, mm. you know, it, 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 it allowed me to not think about where we've just come from. Obviously I've processed those thoughts and emotions and those feelings. And I probably will do for, weeks months years to come um you know and i can't thank elsa enough for putting the trust in me to bring me along and you know and I, to be honest with you and this is i say this from the bottom of my heart i don't think that like if if it weren't me she still would have made it you know obviously i'm sure that i was was an important part of that but at the same time <laughs> If she's going to do something, she's going to fucking do it, regardless of who's around her, you know? And, and I think a lot of athletes are like that. You know, you would be the same. And 
as much as you know i'm like yeah i've got all of these athletes um <laughs> literally i live by i'm able to coach these people you know they have chosen me they've put the trust and the respect in me to you know to to, to help them along along that journey um it's, yeah, it's I mean, it is in a the massive same breath privilege. though like yeah i mean it's it's amazing obviously that you are you've got enough you're you're a humble enough person and you've got enough perspective to be able to see that and, and say that and mean it and i obviously know that you you do mean it um but in the same breath like there's a reason why why elsa and 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 all your other athletes and and myself like we put our trust in you to like we've there's a reason why why we've chosen you to to be a part of our our team and and a part of our journey and it it is because of what you do and and you as a person you being good at what you do and that that shows you know and that like as much as Elsa is an amazing athlete and individual um that's made it to the Olympics you are an integral part of that journey um and so yeah like to to kind of finish off I guess like what um now that you have been to the Olympics and you've experienced that and you know you've coached someone to that level has that has that journey and that experience in Beijing has any of that changed or um I suppose yeah like changed your perspective on 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 professional sports or or, or on um you know the journey of of being in in sports whether as an athlete or a coach a trainer to get to that level um you know has that have you what basically what have you taken away uh i think the biggest thing for me personally is the the amount of enjoyment that i that i got seeing somebody else achieve something they never thought they could and you know, I've, I've obviously felt that before coaching people to maybe hit a certain lift or, uh, and this is not to detract from any, any other athletes achievements because every achievement in itself is, is a massive, massive thing to that person, to that coach, to that team, but to put four years of work into that one thing and to have it culminate in, you know, her, not just getting to the Olympics, but having three runs and, you know, three pretty good runs at that. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to describe it. It's, it was just such an amazing feeling to, to, to have, to be able to share in that joy with her um, and to not feel like I needed any reciprocation, you know, to be content with the fact that she'd got there regardless of what has happened um, or what we've done. Uh, and I was just, it was, it was a, an amazing feeling. I think obviously professionally, how much amount of work goes into preparing someone for four years of work is entirely different to writing a four week training block. You know, you're talking about 
52 weeks in a year times four, you know, that's roughly what, 208, 208 weeks of training, um, which is a, a lot of, a lot of work, you know, for one, effectively one, two, maybe three days of, 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 of racing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would say it just kind of proves to you that nothing is ever achieved. Nothing is ever achieved acutely or short term. You know, if you, if you really yeah. want to be the best, if you really want to do something worthwhile, you have to stack those days together. You know, every single thing that you do in the gym or outside of the gym, whether it be sleep or nutrition is, you know, I had a mentor when I was at uni is basically it's like ca putting cash in the bank. You know, you could put five pound in every day for a month, or you could put 50 pound in every week, every couple of months, and it would all equate to the same. Um, but if what's important is that <laughs> it's consistent. And like I said, you're always continuing to deposit that cash in the bank, regardless of what happens. And the more you can do that, the more it adds up. Um, I love that, man. Yeah. 100%. Like, obviously, I've learned a lot professionally the last four years, preparing someone for an Olympics, which I'm definitely going to be taking on board. And if I look at some of the programs back from when I first started coaching Elsa four years ago, it's vastly different. You know, I didn't, when I was, when I was first coaching people, I didn't take into account the person in front of me, you know, whereas I feel like for me, my biggest asset is developing a relationship with that person or with that athlete, not just to understand what they need, uh, sorry, not just to understand what they want, you know, in terms of for Elsa being stronger, being more powerful, um, you know, having a little bit better position on the sled, but knowing her as a person personally, um, what makes her tick, you know, how much volume intensity can she, can she handle? Um, knowing when she's, you know, doing okay, when she's not doing okay, what she needs help with individually. Um, obviously that focus will shift year to year, but if you know that person well enough, if you have a good relationship with them and there's a level of respect that is high, you know, it's not just like coach and athlete, it's athlete and coach are at the same level. And having those open conversations of like, right, where are we going next? You're involved in this process as much as I am. I'm not just going to tell you what to do. You have to be invested in me as well. It's not just me telling you do this. Um, some people like that, but if you want longevity, you know, like I said, it's not just four weeks, it's four years. You have to have that a good relationship. You're not going to get somewhere with someone for four years if you don't have a good relationship with them. It's never going to work. That's something that, you know, we've spent three weeks together, me and Elsa. If we weren't good friends, it would have been a bloody awkward four, three weeks, I'll tell you that. But it was fantastic. It was just like two friends going on holiday. Obviously, we were there to do a job. You know, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, but I think if you from... weren't friends, you'd come back with a very different story. I think. 
for sure for sure <laughs> you know it didn't feel like work yes it was hard work you know the four years leading up to that and and when we were there it was a lot of stress and you know it was a lot of time it was a lot of energy but you know you're you don't it doesn't none of that really matters when you know you're doing it for that person you're not just doing it for yourself like i said when i was sharing in her joy and and it wasn't uh you know i wasn't expecting anything back i was just so happy to to share that joy with her because that her joy was mine you know i i have to some degree whether it be large or small been you know somewhat involved in that process to 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 create that feeling um yeah. which is which is a you know yeah it's it, it's a it's a nice feeling to have, to have yeah sweet man no that was incredible and it's such a honestly such an eye-opening experience and and just eye-opening conversation just um seeing what you've taken away from the olympics and that that olympic experience and and uh, you know what what how, like what you're gonna do moving forward with elsa and with yourself and with everyone else and um yeah wow. i mean but yeah that that was that was good fun um, yeah. i was moving there? forward obviously 2026 come on <clears throat> but uh i'm not much of a winter man so the goal is to get someone to a summer olympics working on it working on <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah <clears throat> i appreciate you uh I guess not not so much interviewing me because you know that I'm not really a fan of talking about myself too much. But you say that, but you're pretty good at it. So I wouldn't worry yeah. too much. You know. It's a lot of practice. <laughs> <clears throat> when you hang around with you, then uh... <laughs> you, learn... <laughs> you learn the no, humble but... brag pretty quick. <laughs> no, but I appreciate it. And also just to round it off, um, you know, on a personal note, to thank everyone who has supported me, uh, you know, athletes, family, friends, you know, I don't think people realize how much of an impact they have on me. You know, when, when, when I'm talking to you about specific things, even if it's not related to sport, you know, like these conversations, you know, they help kind of process specific things and uh, no matter how big or small they might seem, you know, they all, all make a difference and I think lastly obviously to the like all the volunteers I know they're they're never going to listen to this podcast um but honestly it was I just, don't know if we can make it through make it through the uh, firewall man. the firewall <laughs> the great firewall of China um I think of it you know I met so many amazing volunteers and I have some of them on Instagram, I don't know if if I got told off when he's saying Again, that. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, it was they they really made the experience. You know, they were so happy all the time. They just loved being there. They loved speaking English to you. Um, they loved it when you tried to speak broken, you know, broken Chinese phrases. As as hard as I tried to to make it sound, you know, somewhat um more, i guess more fluent uh rather than just like me how um which a lot of the a lot <laughs> of the people did <laughs> uh yeah it was just a it was a mate the whole thing was was a fantastic experience but yeah Solid, man. there we go
thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed that uh i i definitely did and yeah let us know what you think if you have any questions otherwise you know the usual like share and subscribe and we will see you next time so usual do you want to plug where people can find you yeah, so on Instagram, I am at yushuan.su.eventing. On Facebook, I am yushuan.su.eventing. And my website is suyushuaneventing.com. What about you, Connor? Mine is at Connor Lift Stuff on Instagram and at Stoic Strength Systems on Instagram. And we was also just set up a Patreon under the same name, Stoic Strength Systems. So give those a follow. I will put the links all down in the description if I figure out how to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast and we'll see you next time.